from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Praise to be the God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power and until the coming of salvation, and that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thank you all for being here. And if you're visiting with us today, uh, I would like to welcome you into our assembly. We thank you for joining us this morning as we worship. There you go. I think I'm on now. As we worship uh, our uh, awesome God today. Um, we continue with our sermon series today uh, entitled Jesus Song. And in this sermon series, we're focusing on Jesus through the songs that we would normally sing in worship. And so far in our sermon series, we've seen three songs, three worship songs that tell us amazing truths about uh, Jesus, about our Lord. Uh, on the first uh, Sunday of December, uh, we uh, looked into Let the Beauty of Jesus Be Seen. I don't know if you see that on the screen there. And then next, uh, our brother Vince Anderson talked to us about the song My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. And then last week, our brother Wayne Turner talked to us about nothing but the blood of Jesus. So this morning, what I would like to do as we focus on Jesus, on this, the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, I would like us to look into a song that will remind us of one life-changing fact about Jesus. And this song that I would like us to look into in the title of our lesson this morning is this song, because he lives. We just sang it, actually. So we all are familiar with it now. Because he lives. Uh, but I would just like to take this opportunity now to uh, greet you in advance. Uh, I know because we're all looking forward to the holidays. And mo at least most of us are. So I would like to greet us a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I know that uh, some of you are not even looking forward to Some of you are already there. Some of you are out of school, out of work, uh, you guys are on holidays now, and you guys are even spending time with your family and friends now. So if that's the case, enjoy it. Congratulations. But I would also like to point out and recognize the fact that not all of us are ready for the holidays. Some of us are working, but not only that. Some people, some of, some of, some of us in our midst may not be looking forward to the holidays. Because for some, the holidays are a point of stress or pain, or maybe it's a challenging time for some people. And maybe because, not because you don't want to enjoy yourselves, but sometimes it's perhaps because of your health, or maybe because of your family situation or your work situation. Or sometimes, perhaps, it's because of a loved one that you have lost, and it's it's painful to go through the holidays without them. You know what? Regardless of what, where you are this morning, what I would like to do for this lesson this morning is I would like to encourage all of us. Because this one thing, this one fact 
this one thing that really changes our lives. And I would, I would like us to focus on that this morning. It's something that we get from this song. And it's the first two lines of the chorus. And it's this one. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's the one fact that I would like us to focus in today. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. This is going to change our attitudes towards what we're experiencing today. I'm not, I'm not going to simplify or diminish your suffering. Far be, it, far, far be it from me to do that. It's real. It's true. But you know what? In God, in Christ, there is comfort. So let's start. This is also going to be our simple outline for our lesson this morning. First, I'm going to talk to you about the fact that Jesus lives today. And that we can take that, the fact that Jesus lives today, and we can face tomorrow. We're going to talk about both of these in turn. First and foremost, he lives. Jesus died for us on the cross, and then he rose again to live. That is a very important fact uh, of, our, of our faith in Christ. So our scripture reading this morning is uh, found in 1 Peter 1, 3-5. I'm going to read it again, but uh, Jason did a really good job reading it, but I'm going to read it again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by god's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time i love this verse because it tells us a lot about the fact that jesus is alive that we can bank on it see jesus in his great mercy peter tells us in chapter 1 verse 3 gave us new birth as Christians, we have been born again. Why? How? And you know what? The song gives us an idea. And it, it puts it in a really, uh, really, uh, really good way that we can understand. The, the way that Jesus did it. The first stanza of the song, God sent his son. They called him Jesus. We all understand that. We heard Chad uh, tell us about it during the Lord's Supper. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. And that is the crux of our new birth in Christ. Because our old lives of sin were no good to God. Our old lives of sin made us targets of the wrath of God. We were destined to eternal destruction. That was our hope. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter what happened to us in this world. That's where we were going. Eternal destruction. But because Jesus came on earth to die for us, that is what we have as our new birth. But this new birth comes with this hope, right? It comes with this hope. You know, we, we, we all, we all understand what hope is. Hope is something that we look forward to. In this world, we look forward to many things. We look forward to our promotion, if we have that career. We look forward to graduating, if we go to school. We look forward to our children being born, if we're expecting. We're, we look forward to our children uh, beginning to walk, if we already have children. Uh, we look forward to them going through the stages of, of their lives. 
We look forward to next week, perhaps to the gifts that we're going to receive on Christmas, probably. We look forward to many things. But you know what? The hope that I just talked to you about, these examples, they're the worldly hope that, 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 we, that, that, that we look forward to. Because of the nature of this world, some of those things may not come, may not come to be. Because this world is fickle, many of the things that, some of the things that we, we look forward to in life may not come to pass. But according to Peter in our text, this hope is an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. We need to spend time thinking about that and really filling our minds and our lives and our hearts with that fact. And this inheritance is kept in heaven for us. Like while we are waiting for this inheritance, this inheritance of salvation in heaven, it says in here in verse 5, God shields us through faith, through his power. It's an amazing thought. But this, lip, this hope has something here that we haven't discussed yet. According to Peter, this hope is alive. It's living. It's living because the one through whom we receive this hope is also alive. We have this living hope through the resurrected Jesus Christ. And this is what we're talking about today. This is what we are focusing on today. Jesus, the resurrected Lord. But... Why is the resurrection of Jesus so important to us? Why are we talking about it now? Why do we talk about it all the time? Why do we talk about it each and every time we have the Lord's Supper? Well, the answer to that question is because this simply. The resurrection of Jesus is important to us because Jesus made us promises. Because Jesus made us promises. I'll give you a simple example. Say, for example, you're doing renovations at your house, right? Maybe like you want to, you want to, you need to redo your roof right now in this winter condition. And I told you, hey, Chad, for example, Chad is doing that. Say, Chad, tomorrow I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to take care of the snow. I'm going to take the snow out and I'm going to put all of your roofing for, for you. I'll do it myself for free. You look forward. He looks forward to that, right? Tomorrow. But then today I pass away. You know what? Chad cannot hold me accountable to that because I could not do something that I physically can't because I passed away. I'm dead. I can't do it for him. You see my drift? See, Jesus made us a bunch of promises. Can you imagine if he made us those promises, he died on the cross and he stayed dead? You think we'd be here today? We won't. I'll give you an example. Um, Jesus, and even in the song, it says, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. So these three, the, the first three lines is accentuated by that amazing promise that Jesus lives. It makes it come true because of all these things that God has given us. He is alive. He is good. An example is this, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and, have, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This promise we all understand. Jesus gave that promise to his disciples, to his apostles, to us. But can you imagine if Jesus did not rise from the dead? 
How can I come to him? How can he give me rest? How can he comfort me when he's dead? Not going to happen. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 15, 17 to 19. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. I like that last line. If we have a master, a Lord, and a Savior that's dead, we of all people are the most sorry bunch of people in this world. But he's alive. But I would like you, I would like to dig deeper. I would like us to think about this like a pr- promises of a savior that's alive. I would like you to think about it in the perspective of the apostles. You know, the apostles of Jesus, they were tight. They were really close. They walked and lived in this world together. The apostles looked at Jesus as their master, as their teacher, as their Lord, as the son of God. And Jesus being, an, being the most amazing God, right? He looked at them not only as his disciples, he looked at them as his friend. As his friends. And he made promises to them. In fact, many, many of those promises, we see them in our Bibles today because the apostles wrote about them. But they were made to them pretty much first. So that we can read about it now. But one of the promises uh, that Jesus made to them is, is here. I'll, I'll, we'll read along. John thirteen thirty three. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. And then in verse 36, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where, am I, where I am going, you can't follow now. But you will follow later. And then Jesus gives them some of the most absolute, amazing, comforting words that we read in the scriptures. In John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, we read, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Now think about that. The apostles saw Jesus arrested, wrongfully accused, severely beaten, humiliated, tried as a criminal, and put on the cross as a criminal. The apostles saw Jesus die a brutal death. They were looking forward to this. I'm going to be with Jesus. But wait, he just died. How can he come back to me if he's dead? That's why in John 20, verse 19, just focus on verse 19 for now, we read an account of the apostles 
on the evening of that first day of the week, that Sunday, today, the evening, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, they were afraid because their master was arrested. That's why they were scattered. That's why Simon, that's why Peter uh, disowned Jesus three times. Because he was afraid that he was going to be arrested too. And look, they locked themselves in because they were afraid that they were going to be caught. But look at this. Why is Jesus' resurrection important? Look at this. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. In verse 20 we read, After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They were overjoyed. And you know, it's not far-fetched to say that the disciples, because Jesus lives, they were able to face the next day. They were, to fa- they were able to face the morning after that evening. No, it's the same thing with us today. Because He lives, we can face tomorrow. We just saw this verse with this, this, uh, this uh, text. This is our scripture reading for today. Amazing, amazing promise to us that we have this salvation kept for us in heaven. But in 1 Peter 1 verse 6, we are told something that is a fact of life. 1 Peter 3 verse 6, in all this you greatly rejoice. We understand that. We greatly rejoice. Because of the salvation that Jesus has for us. Because that that is true because of his resurrection. But listen to the next part of this. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Suffering is a fact of life. This world is temporary. You know, our bodies are temporary. It's no... It's no secret and surprise that many of our prayer requests are because of our failing bodies. It is true. We will suffer. And the fact that we will suffer, we know because uh, uh, we understand as well as we sing in the song. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Yes, we suffer. And many times we suffer not because of the things that we have done, but also many times we suffer because of the things that we have done. But regardless of what trials we have in life, regardless of how we suffer and why we're suffering, if we take that suffering and bring it up to God, if we take that suffering and we learn from it and we let it draw us closer to God, then He is glorified. And because of that, fear is gone. You know, there's two types of fear. The good one and the bad one. The good type of fear enables us to move forward. It pushes us to action. But the bad kind of fear is the one that I would like to talk about here. The one that should be gone. It's the fear that debilitates us. It is the fear that holds us captive in a prison of despair. That's the kind of fear that needs to dissipate because Jesus is alive. 
Just think about the disciples, the apostles, when they were holed up with the door locked. They were afraid that they were going to get caught. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Alive and well. I'm telling you, this was true for them. All fear was gone that evening. It should be the same for us today. But I like the next line of the song. Because I know He holds the future. Only a living Savior would be able to do that. He is in control today. Jesus tells us in John 16:33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. I'll say that again. In this world you will have trouble. Jesus didn't say in this world you may have trouble. He says you will. It's a fact. It's fair warning. But look at the next line that Jesus says. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. He has overcome what many of us are going through today. Heartaches. Failures. Pain. Desertion. Loneliness. And you know what? One of the things that He has overcome... The fact that he died and he's alive again, he has overcome death. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that I look forward to for my tomorrow, you know, our title is, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. One of the things about my tomorrow that I must admit I'm anxious about or have some worry about is dying. I don't know if it's the same with you. But this morning, I would like to tell you that because Jesus is alive, we can, you know, that anxiety, the thought, the anxious thoughts, the worried thoughts can come, but they can dissipate. They can disappear. We need not stew in it because Jesus is alive today. Because Jesus conquered death. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to show you a verse that I hope will have you look at death in a different light. Because you know what? Many of us, we think about our fickle bodies. We think about aging. You know, I'm 40 years old now, and I'm telling you, I feel it. My body is changing. I'm getting soft. But you know what? With this, Amir's like, what are you talking about? Amir, Amir's like, I'm, I'm telling you, this is something that I look forward to. Me being in heaven. But before that happens, you know what needs to happen, right? We need to die. We need to die. But look at this verse. Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. Since the children of flesh and blood... He too shared in their humanity so that by his death, by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Now let's, let's break that down. Jesus conquered the enemy, that's death. And now 
death serves a purpose for us. Because of death, and after death, we will be with him. And this speaks true for us. Because in verse 15, this is pretty much most of us, if not all of us. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Who among you here are not afraid of death? Today, I know Roger is like, yes. Amen to that, Roger. Because maybe Roger knows this now. But I would like us to have what Roger has. And Roger doesn't have it just because... He thought about it because it was a good idea. He has it because of this. And we can all have it as well. We can be free from the slavery of the fear of death. Because Jesus conquered it. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I think I've asked this question to you before. But I'm going to ask you it again anyway. How many of you are not looking forward to going to heaven? I hope nobody raised your hand. All of us are looking forward to heaven, right? I like, do you guys like how I phrased that so you don't have to raise your hand? Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Sorry. Okay. All right. So now I would like to ask you this question. How many of you would like to be with God today? That's amazing. That means you guys are not afraid of death. Maybe you're afraid of dying. That's okay because we don't know. It's painful. But you are not afraid of death. That is what this verse enables us to think about. To have this attitude of death that says, Death, you have been conquered. Now serve me. Serve God. Because when, when I die, when death happens to me then salvation is mine I will be with my God that's why in our song today the last line is this and then one day I'll cross the river I'll fight life's final war with pain look at this next line and then as death gives way to victory I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives we may be afraid of dying. That's, that's fair. We're humans. We don't like pain. But I encourage all of us today, look forward to that death. Because that death means we see our Father in heaven. We can grab salvation by the hand. And then, this last verse that I'm going to show you will become true for us. Philippians 1.21 for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We may not look forward to dying, because you know what? When we're alive, God uses us. We do the work of Christ while we're alive. But when we're there, in the twilight of our lives, don't be shy. Do not fear it. To die is gain. 
Because the Apostle Paul knew the promise. The Apostle Paul knew that death will serve its purpose. It used to be his enemy. It used to be our enemy. Because before we had Christ, when we died, that's sure death. But now when we die, it's the start of our eternal life. I would like to invite you to think about the fact that because He lives, we can all face tomorrow. And if today you have some prayer requests, you need the help of the congregation to help you out with something, and you need our prayers, come forward. And if you would like to take a hold of that precious fact that He is alive, today is the day. Put on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today through the waters of baptism as we stand and sing the song of invitation.